Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey, 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 guys. Welcome to another episode of Excellence Expector with me, Mark Asquith. Now, social media, a sales tool, a communications tool, a customer service tool. We use it in so many different ways that actually it makes us wonder, have we forgot what it is truly there for? And that is exactly what we are going to define, challenge and conquer today. We are going to put the social back into social media. And helping me with this particular topic is someone who has done just that. We've had so many interactions on Twitter, and I can tell you that this chap truly is social. He does such a good job of his social media. And his job title describes him as a digital marketing manager, a social media strategist, a speaker, trainer, and a lecturer. But according to him, in his own words, it's much simpler than that. He is a marketer. So it gives me great, great pleasure to welcome to the show, Mr. Tim Elliott. Hello there, sir. Hello, Mark. How are you? I am good, actually. Struggling with the, the first onset of the winter cold, which is a nightmare. When you've got nephews and nieces that are at nursery, man, you pick everything up. What a nightmare. But otherwise, yeah. all good. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. I've been there. Oh, it's a pain, but it's all good. You can't, you can't decline them when they ask for an ice cream and ask to be run out to the ice cream van. You're not going to say, no way, you just pick them up and off you go but it's the peril of being the uncle. But otherwise, all good. Thank you, sir. Excuse me. So let's think about this. Let's think about social media. And before we actually dig into the problem, let's let's talk about your background and specifically how you arrived at being a digital marketing manager, a social media strategist, and so on. So tell us a little bit about you, Tim. Okay. Well, um, it all started for me online after after the heady days of being a, a an 1830s rep in my misspent youth. Really? Um, yeah. Wow. We won't go into that. It's not the podcast for that <laughs> idea. But um, once returning from those those early days, um, I thought I'd get a real job. And my uh, my passion always lined in kind of online and internet and that sort of thing. And I worked for a couple of internet-based businesses where I did the marketing and analyzed the audience in the early days of outreach. This is before kind of Facebook time, really. So maybe 15, 20, well, yeah, about 15 years ago. And then moved on to working for local kind of web design agencies around where I'm, I'm from in Nottingham. Um, and just had a real passion for the for the communication side, for, for what online does for a business and the ability it gives for us to, to communicate with people who may not know we're there really. Um, after that, I worked my, I worked my way through those till about 2010 when I, uh, I strode out on my own into the world of self-employment. Um, and I've always been kind of working as a consultant and a kind of level on my own, not going down the route of hiring staff and stuff, but really focusing in on social media and helping people with their communications and, and trying to educate them on, on it's not just a distribution channel and, it, and it's so much more than that. And it's just about building relationships. Um, I had a boss 
of the very first um, web design agency that I worked for called Frank Miller. Really old school sales guy. I think we've all come across that kind of person. Um, but he, he said to me a phrase that stuck with me forever and I've used in many, many talks and things. Um, he said, Tim, marketing is like sex. You get out what you put in. And I've... <laughs> And, and it's, it's such a salt of the earth guy and he's absolutely right. And, and what people do, they try and find shortcuts and don't put the effort in and, and think kind of distribution is all it is. And, and, and it's kind of, I fell into a role of trying to educate that kind of out of people and trying to help businesses and brands do a lot better at digital communication really. It's a great analogy, and, and and I'm I'm in shock and awe as a Batman fan that you used to work with someone called Frank Miller because that oh, yeah. looking, I didn't at, realize that. looking at Batman Year One as we speak, which is seminal. So I'm I'm kind of envious of that. I want a story like that, Tim. Amazing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I get that. I get that. You know, distribution is where people in, immediately think in terms of social media. And, you know, I think we're all kind of guilty of that as well, to a degree. I mean, I, I promote the show through social media and, and you, you have to be so very, very careful to not appear as if you're just peddling your wares without interacting. And very specifically in social media, why do you think that people use social media like this when their gut feeling a lot of the time must tell them that this is not the right thing to do? Why do you think this is our default behavior? I think it's a lot to do with time i mean business owners people who run businesses are, are inherently busy time is the most valuable asset that they have that i'm sure everybody listening can relate to um and i think sometimes social media and, and marketing in general kind of gets the quick fix trying to look at the quick win something that doesn't take as much time and i'm sure you, you've been involved in businesses as well where where if you're busy serving your customers, serving your clients, your business kind of takes a backseat to it. And your and so your social media channels are very much the way that you communicate about your business. So unfortunately, there's, there's people fall into kind of bad habits more than anything, or more than more than intent. Just kind of bad habits of doing things on the fly and not quite to the degree and not engaging or listening enough really to get to grips with it but it's always kind of time and uh, time and education are the biggest things yeah the time conundrum is always an interesting one because people assume that they can do social media as an example people wouldn't do seo people wouldn't do pay-per-click advertising they wouldn't do any other kind of marketing email marketing if they didn't have the time it would just fall by the wayside but for some reason social media people feel very often like they can just put the minimum amount of effort in and expect the same kind of results as they would do from from anything else that they put the full effort into it's like social media is kind of the, this black sheep where everyone still does it regardless of how time poor they are and you know it, it becomes this real weird scenario because you can spot these type of people a mile off can't you you can it's really, really difficult. And let's talk specifically about some of your clients then. Not not yeah. obviously to get into too much uh, detail on, on the actual clients themselves, but specifically around how you engage with them, how you help them move from being a distributor to being perhaps someone that engages a little bit more. What are some of the challenges that you face 
when you're actually talking to clients? What are some of the beliefs that you have to help them overcome and perhaps some of the mindsets? The biggest, the biggest thing that I have to overcome that I, I always take to and make sure people understand before engaging with them, really, because it, because working on your own, you have to kind of look after your time and make sure you're working with the right clients as well as the other way around, as well as, you know, bringing the money in. Um, the thing that I, I try and find out is what they want, what their actual goal is, not just for social media or for marketing uh, uh, larger, but as a business. Because if your marketing, if your social media, your digital communication strategy isn't aligned with the overall goal of the business, like the five-year, the 10-year plan, then it's not going to work. You're just going to be plugging away at the wrong thing, at the wrong goal. Um, Because sales and and goodwill and, and leads and inquiries will all come, but they're as a result of doing the good work, of doing something else of aiming for the same kind of mindset. So there's a lot of kind of delving in and finding out and talking to the right people in the industry to find out why they do what they do. I think most people who listen to your show, Mark, will probably heard of the uh, the Simon Sinek talk, Start With Why, the TED talk. But it's exactly that sort of premise, finding out why they do what they do and what they want out of it in the end. Having value-based conversations helps me understand that client and therefore understanding them will will give me more more ability to use the tools and tricks at our fingertips to help them reach the right goals you know reach the right people that will get them to the point they want to get to do you ever find that business owners particularly small business owners when you ask those types of questions do they sometimes not understand why you're asking do they see social media as this isolated tactic and is, oh, is there a challenge in that? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, for, for a lot of businesses, they don't understand the capability of social media and what it is. I mean, social media, is, it's a funny term. It comes with so much baggage, you know, nowadays, like with Facebook reach declining and people thinking it's just for kids and, and people like spamming links on, on Twitter chats. And, you know, it, there's so much kind of baggage that comes with that phrase. If you're not fully educated or fully aware of how it can help your business and how it can facilitate the goals that you're already working for, it's like, um, it's a, it's very difficult to, to get to that point. That's why I think there's a lot of pre-meetings before you even touch on what tools and tactics you should use social media is about understanding people and building relationships and without that understanding people the tools that you use are pointless do you know what i mean if you're you're doing the wrong conversation on the wrong tool it's not you know that you're wasting your time you are wasting your time do you think people move to the um do you think people move to the tools very quickly? You do mention the tools there. And, and yes. I, I often find people go, right, we need Edgar because it's been released and it's amazing. Yeah. Do people yeah, do that? Of course they do. I mean, it, it's been like that from, from year dot. When I worked for, um, back pre-2010, I worked for a local web design agency. And that was in the, but a lot kind of smaller and um, so local kind of plumbers builders smes in the local area you know that kind of informational base site and most of their sales most of their new websites 
were sold on because their mate had one or because everybody else had one. And, and that was very much the same with Facebook and very much the same with Twitter handles. They're just getting it because they think they should have one. Like no idea what's it, what it's for, whether they should use it, how to use it, you know, that sort of thing. So the tools are, the tools are a lot further down the decision-making process than, than people think, in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, people jump straight to tactics and it, it baffles me on the wider marketing um, route as well, where you see people shifting straight to tactic as opposed to thinking about, as you would allude to, you know, the strategic side of things, you know, very specifically, why are we doing what we're doing? And as an example, you mentioned people say, okay, we're doing a Facebook page because someone that we see over the road is doing it and people did the same with like seo and pay-per-click and it was just we're doing seo because we're just doing seo and one of the challenges i always find as a consultant is that as, as, as bad as this may sound it's always up to the genuine consultants to prove why they are better than the people that want to just tick the boxes so the example that i'll give is search engine optimization there are so many companies out there that will still try to sell you well, we can get you on page one of Google for the term plumber commercial in leads. You know, this really specific term that's not going to generate anything. But because it feels as if that's a very positive thing to do, people will throw a little bit of money at ranking for that really bad term. And then it's up to the genuine people, the people that actually understand the why and want to generate some real revenue for that business. It's up to them to justify where they're charging a fair price for it. Do you find that is a similar scenario in social media? You know, is there this this real cheap fix it kind of solution that pits you against, you know, the the whatever fifty quid a month social media management packages? Is that a bit of a problem for you guys? It is. It is absolutely. I mean, there's you know, with with, with people, there's no shortcut in marketing. Uh, across the board I'm a big fan of kind of integrated marketing as well as, as the focus on social media so uh, you know I, I like to think I've, I've dabbled in, in in the kind of aspects of marketing and there is no shortcut you have to put in the work and do the right work in order to get something out of it on the end you know and I know people around our sort of way that um, I've had clients turn around to me and go well you know I can get so and so down the road to manage my Facebook account for 30 quid a month. I'm like, well, good on you, because I'm not doing it. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? I, I've, my services are, are more based on educating people on how to do it better for their business, because there's nobody better to tell somebody about their business than somebody in that business, the person who has the passion to set it up, who lives and works in it days and nights and evenings and weekends. That's the sort of passion that you have to kind of display and the knowledge you have to display on kind of social media. So taking it in-house is very, keeping it in-house is very much part of what the right way to do it is. It's just educating the people within that on the tactics and the methods and, and the reason why you do what you do on social media so they can see the real results of it. You know, not just outsource it for 100 quid a month, 50 quid a month, whatever it is because you don't have to do it and it's not the right kind of mindset to have yeah that's a very valuable point the idea that especially social media you know that 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 really i of, often feel is, is much better done in-house as well i think that's very very valuable because 
who knows your business better than you? Who can react to the invariable questions that you are going to get on social media? And if you outsource the distribution side of things, e.g. just peddling your wares and syndicating content, well, there are tools for that anyway. So it's kind of money for old rope, isn't it? It, it, yeah. it becomes a bigger picture kind of scenario. And when you... When you think about that bigger picture, Tim, when you talk to people, I mean, you describe yourself as, as a marketer first and foremost, which I think is a fantastic way to bridge the gap between social and business. How do you work with the guys to see where it fits into the overall marketing scheme for a business? Does, do people still think in a disjointed manner about all of these different tactics? Yes, yeah, they do. They, they think it's very much... If you, if you, we, we use the funnel analogy, the old online funnel analogy, that social media sits very much at the attracting strangers at the wide end of the funnel um, and doesn't have much value throughout the kind of process. But, you know, using kind of like a, one of the strategies I use is a, an inbound marketing strategy that I think is probably going to be the next kind of five, 10 years of, of, of marketing strategy and the, the ethos behind that sort of thing. And social media and digital touch points are at every stage of the customer journey, even after they've bought from you, you know, using the, the delight and customer advocacy and, and then telling, you know, leaving online reviews in the simplest point about your product, about your service, your restaurant, your pub, whatever it is. Social media has an element in every single one. You know, and I, I think social media is changing the way we do business. You know, it, it's not so much now kind of just Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn per se, but social media spreads. I mean, your podcast that we're on now is an element of social media because people can share it, people can comment on it, people can engage with it. You know, blogs are, emails are, they're, they're, social media is outside of the right tool, the, the tools we have to do social media marketing for, for one of a, for a better phrase for it are a lot more varied than the ones we consider, you know, and you've just got to find that right one, I think. It's a very interesting problem that social media poses for many companies because it can be used in so many different ways. Now, you know, the, the mention you mentioned the point there about the retention, the, the post-purchase cycle. Yeah. I think so many small business people forget that. I think they they still see the sale as being the final contact, just because we're small business and we're focused on sales. You know, and that that yeah. it does pose its, its own sort of challenges. Now, let's just switch this a, a little, I, I guess, Tim, for a second, just to talk about this engagement side of things, because we mentioned right yeah. at the beginning about you know promoting and just disseminating content. What are some of the mistakes that you see people make where perhaps they don't get involved? You know, why do you think they don't get involved? And what are some of the mistakes that they, they make when they're trying to use social media to promote conversation? I mean, the biggest mistake is thinking it's a one-way street. Like, it's just there for you to bung as much stuff about your business out as humanly possible. Um, and not being there for the response, for the engagement. It's not a one-way street. My uh, my dear old mum used to say to me, Tim, you've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. You should use them in that kind of proportion. And that's exactly the same on, on social media, really. You've got so much kind of data and information about there. People post 
what the, how they're feeling, what they want, what they need, what they're looking for on social media. And for you not to dedicate enough time to find out about your customer, about your audience, is, is really a, a, quite a big mistake in, in social media marketing. And, and that's what the main issue is with people. I think, I mean, you, you're a Twitter user as well as myself, and Twitter's suffered a bit recently with that sort of one directional posting i'm sure you would have seen i i can i can now scroll for a few minutes on my twitter feed looking for something decent to engage with a conversation to have something to retweet and there's the context of the those tweets are not not engaging you know there's nothing there's no questions there's nothing for me to share there's no kind of real value in that and all Twitter is, for example, is just a conversation. It was founded on one question of what are you doing now? And if you tell the people that question, they'll, they'll opt in and it's real time and it's real life and it's about you, the person, you know, the person behind the tweet. Yeah, I think that's so important. The person behind the tweet, love <clears> that. So, Tim, let's shift a gear a second now then, because yeah. we've sort of we've described the context of this. We've framed the idea that social media... Well, it really should be social. And I think so many small business owners like myself and like you really, really struggle with this. So you've put together three fantastic actionable tips for the guys listening out there to help with this problem. So if we mate him, let's dig into the first actionable tip, please. Okay, the first actionable tip for you today is if you do have to schedule your social media using the awesome tools we have like TweetDeck, Hootsuite, all that sort of thing, Facebook native scheduling, remember to keep front of mind what you scheduled when and be ready for the response. It's people expect, if you've posted something and they respond to it, people expect you to be there to answer. So if you're joining in Twitter, your local Twitter chat at 8 p.m. In any, on a Tuesday evening, you have to be there from 8 till 9 p.m. To, in case somebody engages with you. Because if you're not, you'll just be labeled a spammer. It'll be a terrible experience for that person. So everybody has to schedule. Everybody's got content they need to schedule. But the important thing is just to remember to engage. It's a two-way conversation. Love that. Definitely. That's one thing that I'm always really conscious of personally. I mean, I promote, I, I post, I'll be honest, my posting schedule is every 30 minutes, something will get posted because the lifetime on, of a tweet, this is Twitter, by the way, um, the lifetime of a tweet is so short that I feel that's a decent amount of time. But what I'm very careful to do is, as you mentioned earlier, Tim, I ask questions. I actually pose questions that are scheduled alongside my actual content. And extremely extremely importantly to my business and to my own personal brand is the idea that every single person gets an answer if they retweet something if they engage with me they always get a thank you for the retweet or they get an answer to the question i think you know what does that take it takes 10 minutes it doesn't take long at all does it no it, it takes even less than that one of the best features of, of Twitter is that favorite button that came up, the fake little start that came up a, a while back. And that just, even pressing that, there's, a, there's a, an American chap, I'm sure you know, I've called him Brian Fanzo, our social fans on Twitter. And he's, he, he's got an amazing profile and, and one of the, the top engagers on, on social media. Um, and he 
you know, puts out posts and makes it public that when he favourites tweets because he'll go back to them and have a look. He may not, he may be in a Twitter chat or, or running a Periscope or recording one of his podcasts like yourself. So he might not be able to see the, the tweets at that time, but just to let you know that you've seen it, you've noticed it, it's an acknowledgement I think people want. It's a very, very good example that Brian's, he's got such a good profile, he's such a good guy as well. He will he will actively engage with you on Twitter. Um, and for someone with a following like him, that's not a mean feat. You know, that takes some doing. So he's a fantastic example, Tim. We'll put a link to that in the show yeah. notes, actually, to, to Brian's uh, Twitter profile. And let's dig into actionable tip number two, please, sir. So number two is is a biggie and a real important one in my eyes. It's don't afraid to be yourself. People by people. That's the oldest phrase that I, I've learned from my very, very first job, that people by people. And it's been going many years before me. It's used in kind of even programs like admin. So don't be afraid to be yourself and have personality. Even if you're using social media as a brand and not as a not as your human face, if you're using it as your logo, don't worry. Let people in your company, whoever's behind that, have their personality and use the personality of the company, you know, where they're from in, in different locations of the world have different personalities, you know, and, and different things. It's just about being human, really, and letting people engage with you because some people see a cold face of a logo and, and think they won't be able to tweet. And there are some amazing brand examples like um, Nike support, at Nike support on Twitter is an amazing example. Virgin Money, KLM Airlines are all fantastic examples of you of brands, but having real personality on Nike. And I think a lot of people forget and think they have to be professional doing the finger quote sign. Um, and it's not. It's about being human and about being personable. I've got a talk that I do, which is called Why Your Personality is Your Company's Secret Weapon. And it, ex it exactly looks at that, that that very same problem there. And, and I think that is such a vital thing to remember. If you look at my profile, if you look at Tim's profile, we've got a mix on Facebook, on Twitter, even LinkedIn, and on Instagram, for example, with me. You'll see things about business. You'll see small business content. You'll see questions answered. You'll see periscopes and blabs that I do. But you're also going to see the fact that I'm a massive DC Comics fan and I've got a giant dog that does not obey any order that you give it. And it just, it humanizes you. And I think there's so many people that really struggle with that. I've got a quick anecdote, actually, Tim, which I'll throw in because yeah. I think it sums it up perfectly. When I first started the podcast, I made the decision to keep it under my at Mr. Asquith Twitter name and not set up an excellence expected uh, Twitter account. And I remember getting a tweet back from a guy that had followed me, a local guy who is, you know, he's one of these guys that he has ideas and he sets these little businesses up uh, and he's got about 35 Twitter accounts, each with about 40, 50, maybe 100 followers on each. Um, and he tweeted, tweeted me, said, you know what, you should really, really should set up an excellence expected Twitter account. And I said, well, why? He said, well, I, I don't want to see your business content on your personal timeline. I said, well, just unfollow then because this, I think you've perhaps missed the point of this social media game. Very specifically from a business perspective, you've got 10 accounts with 50 followers each and then you move to the next account when you have another idea. How can you possibly, as a business owner, 
leverage those followers moving forward because they're all in these fragmented different places. And you're absolutely right, that personality, pulling everything together and being a real person, yes, it engages people so much better on social media, but as a pure business strategy, those are your fans. Those are your followers. They were go they're going to move to whatever you want to move to yourself. They will follow. And I think that is a real lesson to be learned for so many small business people. It is. It is. And you know, it, it's a great example of that. You know, I refer to to your podcast and, and, and the other podcasts as well by, you know, by the title. I'm not unaware that your excellence expected. Do you know what I mean? I, I know exactly who you are and your Twitter handle is at Mr. Asquith. You know, there's no brand correlation for me. There's no, there's no confusion about the matter. You know, I, th I think a personal brand, you know, putting that forced and firm of your company is, is, is absolutely the right way to go. There's all, no matter what your niche is. I mean, me and you are kind of marketers, you know, we, we're, we're in this arena, but even if you're a, a local plumber or a local gas fitter or a builder or something, if you've got your face rather than joeblogsbuilders.com, if you're Joe the Builder, you know, that's a lot more exciting. People will ask you questions about things and, and you'll be more approachable because people know who you are. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm just working with a friend of mine, um, a fantastic, fantastic tradesman. You know, he's one of those that qualified in everything you can possibly qualify in and can pretty much do anything you want. And we're just going through this exercise with him and saying, well, actually, his name's Mark as well. He's, a, he's got a good name. He's just <laughs> saying, okay, well, what can I do to be me? You know, how can I leverage me in a, in a what is effectively a, a very traditional marketplace? What can I do to be me and use online and use digital to leverage my own personality and my own knowledge? And, you know, this is the path we're going down. So I think it... I think it really is vital for, for, for anyone. You're right, whether it's a brand or whether it's a, a single person fitting gas fire. I, I don't think that matters at all. Fantastic mm -hmm. stuff. And Tim, let's move to the third and final actionable tip, please, sir. So the third and final actionable tip is listen more than you talk. There are so many conversations happening in social that you should be aware of as a brand, as a company, as a businessman. And it's so easy to spend your time distributing and putting more and more content out there without listening what else is happening, what other people are interested in, what other people are putting out there, especially if you're researching your customers. Because if you spend some time listening, you can set it up automatically on Hootsuite. There's Twitter has a native listening, which is twitter.com forward slash search, which will take you to a, a real advanced search tip, um, search platform that's native on Twitter, that's free. Um, but you listen to conversations, keywords about your brand, keywords, mentions of your company, mentions of your competitors, you'll get such a good understanding of your potential audience and an audience that you're not directly connected to on Twitter, that building relationships with those people, those right people will be so much easier. We all struggle with that. We all struggle to listen more than we talk. And it becomes one of those things where you nip on social media to post something. If you change that behavior and actually nipped on social media to converse and actually to, to research and, you know, the one tweet that you do send is a value added reply to someone that really genuinely needs something from yeah. you. Man, that's going to transform the way you do things, isn't it? 
It is, it is. I mean, oh, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk wrote a whole bo- a book about it with his jab, 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 right hook, you know, about, about giving and giving first. And the, the trend that I've seen, like being being on the cold face of the social media world, so to speak, but the trend I've seen is um, putting forward an engagement first strategy rather than a content first strategy. You know what I mean? So, so in fact, making the content specifically that you produce less by making it more valuable because you're spending all your time, all your designated time and efforts into engaging and growing community and building relationships that when you post a piece of content, it's much more valuable, much more widely received and people know, like and trust you by that point. So that content works a lot harder for you than if you're always banging content out minute after minute, hour after hour without any engagement. I think the, the idea of an, an engagement first strategy is, is curious. I like the sound of that. And I, I can see how that would work for small business owner managers, you know, people that are running mm-hmm. just like a really micro enterprise, maybe a one man, two man band. Yeah. I mean, that that becomes very, very powerful because that elevates you very quickly as a person within a very small set of people who is the go to person for any given skill set rather than just pushing content out and never following it up. So that is a really great term, engagement first strategy. Interesting stuff. Tim, that has been such a great chat. Thank you so, so much for that. I know social media, we could probably talk about this all day, so we must book in another session. We must do this again. But before we stick a pin in it, what I'd love to do is just get from you where people can connect with you online, please. Okay, I have um, a really good social media website called uh, a Rebel Mouse at TimElliotUK.com, and I'm on Twitter, which is the easiest way to get hold of me at TimElliotUK as well. Super stuff. Tim, thanks so much. We will do this again, definitely. We've got so much more to mind, but thank you so much for this thank session. You, Mark. Thank you, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Super stuff. And guys, we've really dug deep on that, and I'm sure there's much more that we can cover, but for now, head to excellence-expected.com where you'll find everything that myself and Tim have spoken about, including everything that we've mentioned in terms of links, references, some fantastic quotes from Tim that you'll find in the show notes, and a nice piece of artwork that you can share on your social media and whilst you're over there check out the vip email list now i don't normally talk about this but every single wednesday i send specific personal content out to a vip only email list that content is not available anywhere else and it's very open very transparent it looks at my processes for running my businesses and making my money and it will talk you through strategies tips ideas tactics all manner of things to help you excel in your business so check it out that's the excellence expected vip group and guys thanks so much for listening 30 minutes of your life has been spent with me and tim we really really appreciate that and don't forget the more you expect from yourself the more you will excel adios guys (laughs) 